Welcome to the Turkey Hunter Podcast with me, your host, Andy Galliano. In this podcast, I share with turkey hunters just like you how to have more turkeys on your hunting property and how to have more successful turkey hunts. I teach you how to do this with tips and interviews with turkey hunting pros, wildlife management tips, and entertaining turkey hunting stories. Tune in weekly as I share proven and simple strategies to help you have more success this turkey season. Make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe to receive free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews. Also, please visit and like my Facebook fan page. Go to Facebook and search I Am Turkey Hunting. And also feel free to post your turkey hunting photos from this past season and let us know where and when you killed your bird. For all of you Twitter users out there, please follow me on Twitter where my handle is at turkeyhitman, and I will be sure to follow you back. And now, for this week's show. Hello and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. You are listening to episode number 211, the Box Call Magic Seminar from the NWTF Convention with Will Primos, and I am your host, and the guy who is going to miss the opening day of gun deer season. And I'll tell you why in just a second. But right now, we are 122 days, 13 hours, 18 minutes, and 27 seconds away from opening day of spring turkey season in Alabama. So I'm going to miss opening day of gun deer season this year because our beloved Turkey Hunter Podcast intern, former Turkey Hunter Podcast intern, Cameron, is getting married this weekend. So I'll be at his wedding instead of dressed in camouflage, sitting in a tree, hoping that Bambi would wander by. It's all good, though. We have a holiday week coming up next week, and I am keeping my fingers crossed that my world gets back to normal. Because it has been far from normal the past, I would say, three weeks. And this week has been a bear of a week. So with that said, I'm going to tell you that I'm going to be very brief with my intro and very brief with my outro this week. And besides, you don't want to hear from me anyway. You would much rather hear Will Primos talk about box calls. And that's what I have for you today. So I am playing the Box Call Magic Seminar from the 2018 NWTF convention that Will Primos put on. And, well, there's some good information in here. And I think that most of you guys listening will learn a little something something. So let's jump into it. Here's Will Primos, and I will see you guys on the other side. And Anthony figured this out years ago, that if he could figure, find, observe, feel the best woods, the best grains of wood, then he could start out with a computer-controlled equipment, program it, mill this stone, so we would have a perfect starting point to hand-tune box calls and box call and any other type of call that we make out of wood. We have several pieces of equipment 
and it's pretty cool to see them work. We had a video for you, but the DVD's not here. We wanted to show you some of the machines working. Uh, but I'm going to introduce you to Anthony Foster, who's in charge of our CNC department, and let him talk to you a little bit about what he does. Well, uh, CNC mainly what we do. Anybody can hear us? Everybody hears okay? Barely. They probably know we'll speak up. Um, part of what our objective was originally, we started out making box calls on pin routers and my granddad, we made when I was a kid, made them on auger bits and we drill out the insides of them. And, uh, obviously, as more turkey hunters come along, turkeys got harder to hunt, so the boxes had to get a little bit better. And we worked with things to try to improve that over the years. And I would definitely say in my beginning days, I threw away a lot of box calls that were horrible sounding. Uh, my background in history was in CNC and machining and understanding that, so I wanted to kind of combine the two together so we started taking a process in CNC and utilizing it to do a precision amount of the work on the box to get this right. You still can't make it 100% so all our box calls are still hand cued. Every single box you buy from Primo's has been touched by somebody and usually you'll see right over here on the label there'll be a little stamp under the bottom. That's the tuner that tuned it. And that guy's responsible for getting the quality of the sound right. So but the CNC the things that it does do is maintain a perfect arch uh, for the rollover day. Uh, and it's really good at that. And then the other things it does really well is is making sure the depth is right in the bottom. We used to have to take a pin router and drop in there and kind of machine around, or we took our old auger bits and then work around. Those things were just inconsistent. They were not clean on the sides, and you had a lot of variation. And then of course the box moving and shaping. So as all of you know, the tuning side here, if you call them, is the most important thing. And then. Finding the right woods, the right grains, and those type of things is, is the biggest portion of what we do as CNC-wise. So how many of you are familiar with the Gibson box call that was patented in 1897? Raise your hand. All right, so tonight, I'm giving you an original away. We're going in three owners of this call. The man, the turkey hunter who originally owned it, Mr. Lotta, L-A-T-T-A, his daughter that he left it to, and then me. She gave it to me. We got to know each other, and one day she walked in and presented this call to me, and I was like, oh my gosh. I've had it in the showroom at Primo's all these years. And I decided, what am I going to do with this thing? Don't even get to see it, people that come to Primo's. So they're going, we're going to give that away tonight to the NWTF Museum in Edgefield. And in conjunction with this promotion, Anthony and I got to studying the box car. But this is our heritage as turkey hunters. This is way back. Think about it. Guys, turkey were gobbling, they were trying to hunt them. Now, the wing bone, how many of you are familiar with the wing bone? Trumpet, gobble. I think that's the first call that was ever created to call a turkey. And I got a theory. There was an Indian. He was out on the plains. He had him a horse, whatever. He ran down a turkey, and the eagle caught a turkey. He ran the eagle off, whatever. He got him a turkey. Cooked him on the fire, roasted him, and he's chewing on the wing. And he chews on a piece of the wing, sucks the marrow out of the bone, and accidentally goes, and it yelped. <laughs> they go, oh my God, they got me a dirty call here. And then they figured out to take another wing bone, a little bit bigger, and then the trumpet part of the wing, and put all three together, seal them up with mud, whatever, so that you wouldn't lose any suction and sound. And that, I believe that was the first turkey call. I think that's how it came into existence. Well, then think about these guys trying to hunt turkeys, late 1800s. And this guy Gibson comes up 
with the Gibson box call. This is an actual reproduction of the Gibson box call. Now, they had it right, right? And the The sideboards are perfectly straight. He evidently took a paddle bit, got me out here with a paddle bit, wood paddle bit, just drilled it out, then took a knife and trimmed out the little circle parts that were left. But he had the lid right, it was curved. That's where the note comes from along with the sides. And he had a screw, Hampty researched this screw and found it of all places, made in England, only place that makes it. So this call is, a, it's not, it's not near the call we make today. Turkey call makers all these years have experimented with depth, size, how thick the sides are, the different types of wood, the angles of the side, and we're going to talk to you about what developed into what we call the tall timber call, tall timber Gabriel call. We'll tell you about that in a minute. But anyway, this call is difficult to use. And, and so back in the Back in the 60s, I'm starting to learn about turkey hunt and so forth, and guys would tell me, hey, you have free time, shut up. Don't say nothing else. See, he might not, he might be six hours before he shows up, but he will come. I figured out how come they said yep three times and shut up. Because if you can get three good yelps out of this thing, you better shut up. They figured out later to put a spring screw, which helped balance the lid and float the lid like it should be. So, so Anthony making these things, he's done a fantastic job. Um, now, I want Anthony to gobble them. This is what's incredible. And it's not bad. You're, you're walking along and all of a sudden you hear that. <laughs> so pretty impressive to have a call that was first made in 1897 sound like that. So over the years, by the way, so, so we made 1,641 of these. There's 1,641 banquets in WTF banquets in the United States. So this year, at every banquet, one of these is going to be auctioned off. And tonight, after I give that one away, the, the original, number one is going to be auctioned off. And I know every one of y'all is going to start the bid at $10,000. Am I right? I don't see any hands. Alright, so, Boxcall making goes on, everybody's experimenting. Well, Anthony selects what we call billets, the long billets of wood that he is, that has asked for from the wood supplier to be a certain grain. And then he examines them. And that's what he starts with. And I'll let you explain the angles and, and what goes into this. This is, this is the tall timber Gabriel. Tall timber Gabriel. Gabriel is an angel. Angel singing on high is what Charles Whittington from Greenwood, Mississippi, he's gotten his reward, is what he what he called a turkey. When he said I killed the, he didn't say I killed a guy this morning, he said I killed a Gabriel this morning. And they sing from on high. So we call this box the Tall Timber Gabriel. And it has all the features that all of us, especially Anthony, have learned and built into a call. Anthony walks around the factory every day with a slate collar or a box collar in his hand every day. He is, uh, you know, the one time a guy was on TV and a uh, lady walked up to him and said, man, you were incredible on the basketball court. You were just incredible. 
You can dribble with your right hand, you can dribble with your left hand. And he goes, yeah, I'm having kidneys. So, <laughs> Anthony, amphibious, I'm telling you. So, from the Gibson box, obviously, we, you know, things come along like the Lynch box that most of y'all are familiar with, stuff like that. Great call. And they started figuring out angles and changing it. And one of the things that the angle does for you by having an angle is it won't call backwards. Uh, on your older boxes. Angle on your sideboard. Right, on your older boxes like this one, and we worked on these. You could almost get notes out of them. We had to actually spend a lot of time slipping them back to keep them in the bottom because we had built up a habit of dragging a box. When I first made this, I dragged back and called one note and I called another note. It was really confusing. So we fought hard with these to try to make them work right when we were designing those to replace the replicas. But the, the key to it is getting the angles right on the arch. And then and the other thing we've done for so long, the walls have been really, really thin wall. Can y'all see that angle? It's actually like that. It's so roughly about an eight degree angle we put on them. And, and then this is angled at the bottom and there's more meat to it. And that's where you hold on to it because that's not the part that reverberates and makes sound. So you can hold it down here. And then I'll let you go over and come through. So as we develop it, for those of you who've seen our first series, we've come out with the Heart Record series. Um, and that was the first real launch of this style of box call. And uh, we'll kind of get to where it progressed over the years. Y'all, we've got some heartbreakers at the booth. We found some in the warehouse. And the older they get, I don't know how old these guys are. They're three, four, five, six years old. The older they get, the better they are. Uh, and you can buy them on eBay for 80, 100 bucks. They got them at the booth for 50 bucks. They're crazy. As I was building these originally, we, we did them in mahogany. And that was common lynch boxes with mahogany. And we saw a lot of it. And one of the things I dealt with problems in mahogany is real soft wood. And it also has a lot of grainage in it. It runs one way and another grain goes. It's called ribbon in it. It reverses. But when that sound hits that ribbon, it don't work right. It, it causes a lot of problems. So we have a tune nightmares out of mahogany. So I started researching woods, and I found a wood called sapili, which is a kind of a derivative considered a mahogany. And we found it in a place in Nigeria. I work with a, a guy that's a friend of mine, a pilot that flies over there, and he was introduced to import lumber. And I said, look, send me one tree and let me test it. And I said, we'll see how it goes. And I get a late call from later, we cut your tree, you got permission to cut an area we never cut before here, we cut the tree, it's going to be on the container, headed over there, he said, I'll let you know when it's all loaded up, and I get a call from the dock in, in Louisiana that says, hey look, your three containers are coming in. Wow. Three containers? I said, I want one tree. I call this guy and ask him, and I said, look, I said, one tree. He said, yeah, it's three containers loaded, it's on the way. I said, how big is your tree? He's got a picture of this Nigerian in his tree, and his diameter cut down, it's probably four foot above his head. So if you bought an original heartbreaker, the first probably 2,000 of those box calls or better was all made from one tree, one select tree. And we're still using that same wood today in the series as we developed the tall timber. And one of the things that we'll, we'll actually, I've done it originally on a box, I put a thumb hole in it, and you cut, you lay your thumb in there. And we've got the idea about doing another one in another location. I usually put them in the back, and then we can change the tone by cutting back here or cutting up here to get higher. But so we started, as we went on the hardware, we started designing the cut grooves back here on the machine. And that's one of the advantages of CNC. And I will tell you, I would, anybody that makes a fully manufactured box call on CNC don't put their hands on it, it's probably not a great call. I hate to say that. But you still have to have humans tune it. Because you're dealing with grain, knots, wood, variation. You can't always get it exactly right. We focus on an up and down grain with a cross game to call back into on these boxes because this grain is this way. I want to call back to the grain. And then on our paddles, we try to keep straight up and down the grain. So 
if you take water out of the machine, some are going to be a little odd in here and there, and you're going to have to shave off. And we have a we develop equipment to go in here and cut this arch and maintain that arch at the same time. Uh, I think, you know, I, I did boxes for other people over the years, like Neil Clausen and stuff, when I first got in business and worked on some of these. And when we first started doing the arches, we realized that they could take a lot more abuse. How many of you own lynch boxes? You sat down in a tree and broke your box. So we wanted these things to be bulletproof. But that was the second thing. And then we finally get a note and a sound with these things on the yelp. Sound. And then we realized the cut was there. So really, we realized we had something really good when we developed that margin too. Uh, now, I know most of you here are turkey hunting, but somebody may be new at it, trying to learn something. Every turkey yelp is a high and a low slurred together. So the high comes from out here. And then put it together. Most of you know there's a key option. Yeah. And there was a guy at the booth this morning. He said, I'm going to try one of your boxcars. So he got it, and he's holding on to it. And he's pressing his hands on the sideboard. I watched him. It didn't sound real good. I said, don't, don't touch the sideboard. This is made so you don't have to. So if you touch the sideboard, you're going to dull the sound. Now, he was going like this. And you might fool a turkey. But because of the angle of the sideboard, it makes no sound going this way. So your rhythm is not destroyed. And you can mimic what a turkey does. Now, these cutouts, what's so important about them is that your thumb is like a string. So you're holding your thumb on top of the lid and slightly against the lid. Y'all see that? You should be able to flip your call over and not fall. It should stay yeah. like that. See that? A lot of people try to do it. You just put your thumb up and you flip it over the paddle falls. If it does, it's incorrect. I'm going to step back here. I'm going to do it all the way coming back so everybody can see it. So when I got it like that, I'm going to take my, my right hand and I'm going to strike it across from my thumb. And try to watch my thumb. My thumb is like a spring. The lid went right back. So. And I can push it further to get different sounds and make it really have a live, a light to it. One of the advantages of holding the thumb and locking it is, is it don't bounce back when you get away from it. So you, call it you don't want it to bounce out here and you try to call it in on sticks. So he's holding the pressure on these columns, stay in there. And keep in mind, if, if you're in a, in a, on a hunt, you're up and you're calling like this. You hear the same thing. Anthony's using a call called a wet box. It will not, it will, it'll call when it's wet. It won't quit. And he doesn't have a groove cut in it. He's getting his thumb over the edge. It's harder to do, and it takes more coordination to learn to do that. I'm not as good as Anthony, so I like my thumb grooves. Now, the back, the back thumb hole, I want you to hear this. It's a different pitch. And sometimes the turkey's out there and you've been talking to them, they think they see something, they're real curious and it's... You start doing that back to them and they call them they, they, those other opportunities. What he's doing with those killer sounds is just these 
both ways. Remember, tap straight across from wherever your thumb is. Uh, where he's doing those boat clocks and those little fillers sounds like that. I, I'm, especially if I'm working very long, I'm going to use a lot of different variables. I, I move my hands a lot. And a lot of this, I'm just trying to make two pins competing against each other uh, when I do the sound. But letting your thumb kind of bounce and contain it's the most important part. Every time I show somebody I do this, they want to put their thumb in and they hit and it bounces out like that. And then the next dose of back slip up. And, and of course, most of you know when you're cutting, you don't want to just hammer away at turkey 20, 30 yards from you doing that. This is for something you're trying to get a turkey excited several hundred yards off and you're working. I don't, I don't do that. Or you're trying to locate one and right. just suddenly hit hard. But having that little extra thing in your bag and being able to do something that, that they haven't heard before in the area is huge. I, I can't tell you how many birds I've moved three and 400 yards off of that cut right there. But I would never do it close. So what he's doing on that second thumb hole, when he drops his thumb hole, like that, I literally set it between my legs like this, huh? And I'll do that with a bird 30, 40 yards out behind me, like it ain't nothing. And you wouldn't believe how fast that works. Start to look for that. And they'll start doing that little tom putt coming in just like that. So cackling is a great morning sound. Just like this fly down, you finally see him leave the tree. Don't talk to him until he leaves the tree. You might talk to him one time, maybe once. Tree up at him, don't talk to him anymore. Because he's going to wait for you to walk up to him in that tree. If you keep talking to him, he's going to sit right there 90% of the time. So wait till he flies down. You see him flying down, you hear him. Finally, he gobbles, he's on the ground. So cackling is all about hand coordination. And I carry a wing with me. So I usually will take the wing and fly down with it first. I pull it out of my vest and fly down. And then it's all about hand coordination. All right, that's all that I have for you guys for the free portion of this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you would like to hear the rest of the Box Call Magic Seminar with Will Primos, then you will want to become a subscriber to the premium content of the Turkey Hunter podcast. And in order to do that, all you need to do is send a text to the number 44222. The message of that text should read turkey hunter make it one word with no spaces text that to the number 44222 and then i will send you instructions on what you need to do to become a subscriber to the premium content of the turkey hunter podcast by becoming a subscriber to the premium content of the turkey hunter podcast you will get not only the rest of this week's episode but you will get access to all of our past episodes with premium content and you will get access to the premium content for the next 52 weeks worth of episodes as well it's a bargain at 18 bucks i think it's well worth it for the extra knowledge you'll pick up and eh, maybe a laugh or two who knows before i sign off for the week i'd like to ask you guys for a favor and the favor is to please like and share the episode for this week's Turkey Hunter podcast on social media. That's a huge help. If you'll do that on Twitter and Facebook, I would be very grateful. And now is the time for me to say thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. I know that you have choices. I appreciate you spending your time with us. I hope you have a wonderful week, and I look forward to seeing you again next week. Goodbye. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to 
the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please go on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. And make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe for free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews to help you have a more successful turkey season. And stay tuned for upcoming episodes on hunting afternoon birds, how to film your hunt, and the breeding cycle of hens, as well as some guest interviews. Thanks again for listening. We know your time is valuable, and we appreciate you sharing some of it with us. See you next week.